Hello and welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with me, Tim Box. And me, Britt Box. We talk about all things mental health, emotional well-being and how to navigate your own mind in these strange times. Uh, please don't confuse our advice for medical advice because we're not doctors. And whilst we do try and come at this with a slightly more light-hearted approach, please don't think we trivialise any of the issues we talk about because we certainly don't. But because we come from a different perspective, we call the podcast Thinking Outside the Box because we're clever like that. And because our surname is Box. Mainly because of that. <laughs> um, it's just the surname pun. That was it, really. That was really all it was, yeah. Um, so, we're episode 12. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Regular listeners will realise we sound more and more shocked with every episode <laughs> that we've managed to, I don't know, get, get 12 episodes worth of material. Again, I have such a short attention span that I'm, I am shocked myself. You should know as well, we do intend for each episode to be around 30 or 40 minutes. And it seems to end up being closer to an hour. So <laughs> if you do notice the length of podcasts uh, diminish as episodes go on, that's because we've been trying to keep it short all this time. <laughs> hopefully we'll get a bit better at it. I doubt it. I doubt it as well. We I both just... like a chat, don't we? We do. And I've just seen how much I want to talk about on this, on this week's topic as well. So I don't know. We'll see how we go. But talking to this week's topic, yes. it is stress and overwhelm. Sounds relaxing does isn't it do you know and why have we done this one do you think Brit <laughs> well if it sounds like we're in a cupboard this is the thing this we might hear this back and it might sound completely normal and you won't know what I'm talking about but if you are listening to this and you are a regular listener and you're like hey this one sounds a bit different that is because we are on location we're out on location <laughs> we're taking it on the road <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we say on location. We've, we've come away for a few days, yeah. <laughs> and we're in sunny Hastings. Very sunny, the sunny Sussex coast. Uh, we're staying in an Airbnb because they have been allowed to reopen again. Finally, if you're listening to this in years to come, you'll be like, "Why? Why did they have to close?" And then, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Google it. But <laughs> if, uh, if you're listening to this now, many of many of us are saying, "Why? Why did they?" Have to close? <laughs> um, but we're yes, yeah, so we've come away as soon as the um, Airbnbs were opened again. We booked straight in. And we've come away to Hastings, and we're just uh, we're literally looking out of a, a huge like bay window mm. out of the sea with the sun glistening off of the water, and it's it's hazy in the background, so you can't see the the line where the sky meets the sea. You mean the horizon? But it does call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, early Disney reference! Nice, <laughs> well done, straight in there. Um, but we do we are we should say we've also got a road. Like right outside the window, yes. which I don't think is going to be loud enough for you to hear. But you might hear the odd passing uh, motor bicycle. Motor bicycle. <laughs> just looking at somebody leathering up uh, right. on the on the road there. I mean, it looks it's just it's way too hot to be wearing bikes. It's not leathers. actually though. It's just it's it's a bit of a misconception. I think it's only about six degrees out there, so it looks also, really nice. Safety first as well. Yeah, safety obviously. First. Anyway, this is why our podcasts are too bloody long. Well, because we've done about five minutes of just chatting. <laughs> Nonsense. Would you please get to the plan, Mr. Bob? Okay. Well, there was actually, (laughs) this is why we started to talk about We've Come Away, because um, you may have noticed, if you're a weekly listener, that we didn't do a podcast last week. Mm. Um, And the the main reason for that was because we had a lot going on, didn't we? Yeah, it was a week. Yeah, it was a week. If it was a week, it was a week. (laughs) (laughs) Words of wisdom. (laughs) Is that a saying? Uh, It is now. It is now. Um, and we just thought, you know what, something's got to give. Yeah. And and it was the podcast for that week, unfortunately. Um, but having said that, 
um, that is, we were intending to do stress and overwhelm. That was what we talked about, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, it was How can we do a, a podcast on stress and overwhelm? When advising. we are stressed and overwhelmed. Yeah, this is it. And we're not responding to that. By, we're trying to meet every commitment. So really, by delaying it a week, we're showing how congruent we are with our advice. Exactly. We're authentic. I tell you yeah. what, though. I am. I know, again, I'm going off topic, but I am the worst person for that. I, You might think, listening to these podcasts, you go, oh, that Brit, she's so wise. They might not, though. Just don't shut up, listen. They might think, you know, Britt, you're so wise. You're so uh, forthcoming with wisdom and and the like. I am... And wisdom and the like. (laughs) That's what we're tuning (laughs) for. I am the worst person for taking my own advice. I will happily say to someone, look, if you're stressed... Take time off. Do this. Do that. You know, I'm really, really good for that. But then when it comes to me, I'm like, I must work myself until I cry. Yeah, yeah, I'm, there is. Uh, not, this is the thing. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the time, um, you know, it's easy to sound preachy when we talk and we're giving advice and yeah. stuff. But, I mean, we're giving ourselves advice, aren't we, at the same time? Yeah, I mean, if anyone listening to this knows me quite well personally, you might think, oh, she's she's just lying. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I do. I think we all give better advice than we take anyway. Yeah, but also I think because we we talk about this a lot, we think about it a lot, and yeah. because of what I do for a living, and because of what you do for a living, mm. we have these conversations. So I think as well, we're slightly more aware of the main drivers behind the things that yes. that challenge us, and so as a result, we do work quite hard to change them. I say work quite hard; we're very mindful of changing things when we need to. Aren't we? Yes, absolutely, and we're also mindful of of, of taking breaks. Mm. So I can remember when you and I, because Tim and I have been. In each other's lives this year, eight years this year. Eight years. That is two years off a decade. I know. And you know what, babe? It just seems like yesterday since oh, we met. It seems like that 25 years. <laughs> um, no, but when we when we first met, we were really, really bad for this. So obviously, Tim and I have been self-employed since before we both met each other. And mm. I was very aware that at the time... I wasn't really interested in like holidays. I wasn't against them, but it just wasn't something that I it did. It wasn't, wasn't on the agenda. Was no, it? you you very much weren't in that mind because you know before you got with me, you would just kind of have one big holiday a year rather yeah. than sort of take regular breaks. And then what happens is when you're self-employed, and I know this as well, when you are employed and you work different hours to the sort of Monday to Friday nine to five, you find that your time just sort of trickles away. Mm. And before you know it, all you're doing is working, sleeping, working, sleeping, working, sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Because when we met as well, you would see client, you would see a 6pm client. Yeah, you know, I, I would work. be working into the evening with actual client work, let alone admin and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, and I'd put things in at weekends, and we just didn't have a lot of time. And as a result, we both, it didn't take very long before we kind of fell into this spiral of, of stress. Yeah. Of really sort of, you know, this hyper hypertension. Yeah, thing. also being in that mode without realising it necessarily, um, I was I was terrible for this. And I, I put it partially down to the fact that, you know, I like what I do. Yeah. I enjoy working, if I'm honest, but that it doesn't stop it being at times stressful. No. Uh, it doesn't stop it being at times challenging. And if you don't actually diarise your time properly, and you know, I could I could argue as well. I didn't necessarily have a lot of stuff outside of my work. My work was my passion. It was my driver. And is it I'm, me? Is did I bring the light into your life? Well, I, I, I was getting there actually. Now it just sounds like I'm just agreeing. With what <laughs> but, but it was because then you know we got together and we started to realise how much we valued time away from work, and, and yes. it started to be something that we really enjoyed and we benefited from. So you know, we started to be a little bit more structured about. 
Mm. Um, and you know, I, I now I do have a time when right, that's it. I'm stopping work. Yes. Um, uh, you know, if it gets to six thirty, I'm like, that's it. I might be in the middle of an email. You know, literally halfway through something. But that's that's the pinger there. Yeah, that goes. And if I finished early, you just see my little face peering at the window of your door, that's like it. hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have to wonder how long you've been standing there yeah. watching me, or waving a bowl of pasta sort of around you. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. what I did notice, talking of obviously stress and overwhelm, where we say we we schedule in regular breaks. This is why, and I know this this might be quite timely if if people are listening to this in the future. But this is why I feel like all of the pandemic the coronavirus all of this stuff hit me quite hard in mm. the in the stress if yes. you know what I mean yes because it took away the the fun stuff you yeah. know now like we're sitting in this beautiful Airbnb we're sitting by the sea yeah we, we're gonna go play some mini golf today hopefully yes. you know so we've we've but this is the first time in what a year <laughs> mm. that we've actually sort of planned in like fun stuff to do yeah I, I totally get you what know? you mean and, and I think you know coming back to that point about holidays and breaks because it's one thing sort of diarising making sure you stop working at a good time of day and things like that but yeah the actual times when you you take prolonged periods away from your work you know like a week or two weeks on a holiday I never used to do that yeah because I remember one of my main sort of pain points if you like and we're going to talk about the causes of stress but one of the things that stressed me out was financial stuff mm. and always thinking, have I got enough money? Can I pay those bills? Have I got enough coming in? That kind of thing. And holidays, they just seemed like a waste of money. You know, like, <laughs> that costs a lot of money and I could legitimately not spend that money. So maybe I'll just not go on holiday, things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and it was very much that's that's where my priorities were. So it, and it's like, I'm so glad that that we've worked out how much benefit we get from going away yes. and just decompressing. Yeah. You know? And I know as well, I know you and I speak from what what some would say, obviously like a bit of a place of privilege because we are, mm. we are self-employed, you know, by design, yes. yeah. we do, we are, we are child-free again by design. So mm. we do have slightly more freedoms. But one thing I will say is that when I, cause I talk often on my social media about making time for you, making sure you put time in yes. that, you know to stuff that makes you happy mm. and I had someone message me saying um it was something along the lines of I'd love to take some time out for me but as a single mother mm. I just don't have that luxury yeah. um and I can you know I can really really um empathize with that obviously not myself but my mum exactly that my mum was a single parent um and she never did anything for herself she she always put everything in to me which you know I know that's kind of the contract you sign as a parent you know yeah. it's, it's I think it's one of the reasons why I'm remaining child free <laughs> so I can spend all my money on lounge fly bags but um but I, I I can see it but then I've seen it from the other point of view so mm. the, the the one thing that I, I will say is you know there are going to be times when hopefully your child is asleep mm. you know even if in that time you take 10 minutes mm. just to sit there light a nice candle Mm. watch something you want to watch just yeah. spend that time on you because from the daughter of a single parent mother mm. who never had time to prioritize herself I saw my mum stressed yeah I saw her very stressed and, and you know and she had a very stressful job yeah which you know you know that took up a lot of her time and and I saw that kind of you know eat into her I guess and you, you, you also it's worth 
noting you saw her fall ill yeah from stre- a stress related condition yeah you know it's not unrelated what what our body does in response to our circumstances mm. will directly impact upon our our longevity yeah yeah and and i think it's worth it's worth being mindful i don't i don't mean let's get anxious about that no i mean let's be mindful of it when people come back to us and they and they legitimately say oh you don't have as many like uncontrollable responsibilities, responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. yeah i get that but my advice normally to people that i'm talking to in, in those circumstances is that's why you probably have to be even more mindful yes. of your own your own care because it would be too easy to let that slide mm. and and you're going to have to actually maybe focus a bit more and work a bit harder because we can do those things where we spontaneously say right that's it tilt let's go somewhere <laughs> you know yeah. but and but if you're not in those situ in that situation you owe it to yourself to be thinking of that stuff in advance and structure it make sure you have your methods and, and your your strategies in place yes that are going to keep you well in the midst of all of those you know responsibilities yeah. that we have um and so so I, but you're right it's totally valid that everyone's circumstances are going to be unique to them yeah you know, entirely unique you know because we're all going through different stuff even though we might experience similar challenges we've all been through and go through our own particular set yeah and and i know i kind of said this in our um self-care themed um episode which mm-hmm. if you haven't heard yet by the way i would highly recommend it's one of my favorites i did get quite passionate about some things in there um <laughs> but in the self-care one you can't pour from an empty cup so it's all good and well saying, I can't put myself first, I can't put myself first, I have to do this, I have to do this. But, but if, you, if you don't take the time to build your own foundations, mm. you're not going to have any strength to hold anyone. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you have to put the time yeah. in for you, yeah. otherwise you're not going to have the mental capacity and the physical capacity, because you're going to be knackered, mm. to do the other things that you need well, to do. Well, this is it. You know, when, when we, are, we find ourselves responsible for other people like children, we, we probably need to do ourselves a favour of, caring for us as much as that child cares for us because yeah. it'll be them that suffer if, if we damage ourselves in the process no exactly that um but at risk of just going over old ground from the self-care one though let's actually start to talk about our specific topic stress stress right because i have got some awesome stats for us i've, <laughs> I've pulled some stats from the oh, hang on hang on i've just got to wait tim's wheeling in a whiteboard brilliant He's yeah got yeah some just figures uh, on. put the spectacles on and uh, have a look at this right so it's it was a yougov study so you know legit um, <laughs> and it's uh, from 2020 nearly 5,000 people were surveyed online talking right. about stress right 79 percent of people surveyed in that survey said that they had felt at some point in 2020 stressed to the point of feeling overwhelmed and unable to cope. Can I just say though, 2020 was is the worst yes, year I get you. To, to do this on. Obviously <laughs> granted. But when you look at some of the things that people were getting stressed about, yeah. you and, and to be fair, these are not unusual stats. This is not like, oh, that year was, was vastly different to other years. There was slightly different emphasis on the main drivers of stress. Okay. Yeah. And but as I say, and when I say different drivers, I mean proportionately. So the percentages of, of what the drivers were, what the causes were. Um, it's not like they were, oh, here's a brand new point of stress for people because of the pandemic. Okay. Because they're right, more, they fine, were more fine. generally surveyed than are you stressed about the pandemic? So it didn't come up ninety nine percent of people were stressed about the pandemic. No, it didn't come <laughs> up that no. I, I don't believe so. I didn't find that statistic. I mean I was. Yeah, but, but this <laughs> I is am. I mean but that, that's the point, isn't it? There's there's gonna be certain common themes but here's the other thing as well 
Of the people who said they were stressed, yes. By the way, I think seventy-nine percent is a huge number. Do you know what? I was just trying to do some quick maths in my head, but it really didn't didn't happen. Numbers, numbers. I'm yeah, not good at just, numbers. It's a blank page. Yeah, there, isn't there for numbers? <laughs> um, but it never saved it, whatever the information was. And this, remember, this is stressed to the point of feeling unable to cope. That's yeah. a high number to yeah. have that talking about. Yeah. Um, of those people that said they were stressed, fifty-one percent of them said they'd also felt depressed. Mm. 61% of them said they'd also felt anxious. Right. And here's a key stat, I think. 37% said they felt lonely as a result of it. Right. Yeah, and, and this is maybe, and it made me think as I was prepping this podcast, thought, yeah, this is why we're doing it. Yeah. Because not everyone feels like they have a companion in this journey or they can reach out or they can talk to people. Yeah. Loneliness is an absolutely horrible thing. Loneliness, yeah. I, I have... I have absolutely, I said to you, didn't I? I was like some of my loneliest times when I was in a crowded room, you know? <laughs> exactly, because it's not, it's not about the number of bodies you've got around you. It's more about what's going on. You feel isolated in your experience. Yes. You know? And, and yeah. that's the thing I think that, that isolates us from people. It's just that we feel like there's something going on with me that no one else can relate to or I don't want to share for some reason, you know? Mm. So hopefully us chatting shit about this sort of stuff <laughs> will at least be, we are your companion. What, what I will say is, I find it interesting now, actually, when I was listening to their stat, that it was the higher percentage, I can't remember the numbers because numbers don't take up any space in my brain, um, but you said that it was the higher number that said that when they felt stressed, they felt depressed. Yes, yeah, uh, uh, 51%. 51%. I mean, you, I don't think you can spell depressed without stress, but that's... Uh... You, you can, it doesn't, you don't spell it that way. So. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I, what, that's the reason I, I found that interesting, actually, because in you know we do refer back to previous podcasts because we go into things more in depth there but if you have have listened to uh the podcast episode about my story with depression you'll know that it's it's depression that is the thing that I've dealt with and that I do think I'm still dealing with in ways and mm. and I know people say that depression and anxiety go hand in hand but mm. I always found that my depression was separate to anxiety yeah. now here's what I find interesting when I am stressed You've seen this because you live with me. I go into an overwhelm response quite quickly. Mm. Um, I get out of it just as quickly. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I tend to jump and I tend to go there. But when I am stressed, I am far more anxious yes. than I am depressed. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I yes. don't go sad and and sort of uh, you mm. know dire straits. I go into ah. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, this is a perfect. That's why time. I found that interesting. This is a perfect time now to define stress mm. because I think it gets misunderstood a lot. We talk a lot about stress almost as an external thing. Mm. Oh, it was stressful at work today, or that we had a stressy day. You know, mm. there was stress is our physical threat response. Right. So a lot of the time when people say the physical symptoms of anxiety, they're actually they talking. Yeah, they're talking about stress ah. actually because when we get when we feel under threat. Yes. Um, we experience shortness of breath, yeah. tightness of the chest, uh, heart rate increases. Yeah. That is your body getting ready to take action. It's going into fight or flight. Right. And that's the threat response. That's what stress actually is. It's the physical symptoms of threat or anxiety or worry or concern. Right, okay. And that's why overwhelm, so often we, we, we group these together when we're talking about them a lot. Because when we feel like there's too much to do, there's not enough not enough resources on with us that we can cope with it. Yeah, we then feel threatened and we become we enter that stress response. The way that the way that I feel about it in my head, and I mm. and I say this only because like with all of these podcast topics, we pick these topics because we feel that between us mm. we have um, enough professional experience. That's Tim, Hello. and personal experience. 
hello, that's me. Um, and I know overwhelm is something that that gets me. Like I'm yeah. really, really like you've seen it. You know, I yeah. melt down. But when I'm anxious about a thing, this is how, this is how I explain it in my head. When I'm anxious about a thing, there's a loud voice mm. in my head telling me a certain thing over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. When I'm overwhelmed, it's like a choir of voices all yes. saying different things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can't do one thing because as you try and do one thing, there's another voice telling you to do something else instead because yeah. that's got to be done as well. My main thing when I'm overwhelmed and I have too much to do, I do none of it. I go into, you know, because you know we were saying about fight or flight. Yeah. So I'm very much a fight. If you jump out at me, I'll punch yeah. without realising, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know. But when I'm overwhelmed, I just go into curl up into a little ball under yeah. a blanket, cry yeah. and don't do anything. Yeah. Well, it's like just doing one thing mm. will help. Yeah. You know, if you've got 10 things to do, just do, just pick one of them and do yeah. the one thing. Whereas yeah. sometimes when it gets too much for me, I go, I'm going to do none of it. And it just well, makes it worse because then I wake up the following day and I'm like, oh, I didn't do any of the things. Yeah. And now yeah. I feel worse about it. Exactly. The, the number of people that I talk to about um, procrastination or getting stuck it's generally not because, oh, I can't think of anything good to do. Yeah. It's because I've got too much good to do <laughs> and I don't know where to start. And I think, funny enough, that was that was very much what got on top of me recently. This is why I felt, okay, we've got to come away from stuff and, and mm. just clear our heads a little bit, was because there was so much that I have to do. And I'm still yeah. I'm still looking at what I've got to do over the next few months and thinking, wow, am I, am I really going to find the time to do all of that? <laughs> yeah. But I also know that constantly fixating on one thing after another, after another, after another, um, isn't going to help me achieve it. You know? no. So it's almost like fighting that natural urge. Mm. And, and I think as well, I've read a lot of stuff over over the years about the the impropriety of the stress response. Good word. Yeah, like because when you think about it, it's very seldom that something that's going on with us, something we've got to put our attention on in this day and age, mm. requires us to take instant panic action. You know, like like punch or run or you know, back in the day when we were, you know, we had to kill people to eat things like <laughs> Sorry, that. Sorry, back in the day makes I mean, it sound like the... you're talking about the eighties. No, no, yeah, back when I was young, we used to murder each other for a slice of cake. No, not honestly. It was... Why are you northern? <laughs> I don't know. I just you like... sounded like our friend Vicky. Then every everyone's northern when they're younger. When they're looking back in the past, we all go north. Um, I think it might be the old. Host. You really sounded like Vicky. I, I need I, if, if Vicky is listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> Our one northern. Friend, Our one northern friend. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. What I'm saying is, um, having lost my train of thought completely. No, but you know, back back in the dark age, when when battle used to be, you know, yes. or, or something that might want to kill us, something that might want to harm us, you know, fight or flight mm. action was was valid. It was justified. Life saving. Know? As human beings, we've evolved to go into the fight or flight mode. Um, it's it's why we're the part of the reason why we're the dominant species because we're really good at adapting and changing and taking action. I mean, yeah. say that to a lion, but all right. But yeah, well. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is that in this day and age, now the most important thing we've got to do is get that report done or hand in that bit of work or <laughs> it make that. Sounds phone really call. lame in comparison. Well, I, don't, I don't know if it's lame, but it certainly is best done with a calm body and a clear mind, yeah. rather than in an adrenalized state of "I must go into action now." Yeah. And I've read a lot of stuff about you know eminent thinkers on these subjects saying. Unfortunately, society has evolved faster than the human being has evolved. Mm. It's natural, isn't it? You know, the last 50 years, technology's gone crazy. Yeah. And we we haven't evolved at all, probably, you know. Um, Not since the Tudor times. 
even before that, actually. Yeah, well, it, it takes thousands and thousands of years for mm. us to evolve as a species in terms of how we operate, whereas it takes decades for huge advances to be made. I think genuinely, just to go into that, but yeah. I think that the only thing that shows that we've evolved in any way since the Tudor times is all you've got to do is look at an old building and see how small the door is. Amazing. We're taller. Oh, yeah, we're taller. Yeah, we are actually. That's we? it. That's like that's it. <laughs> Our yeah. brains are exactly the same. Yeah. We're just taller. The evolution with brick <laughs> And I'm five foot four. So how small were Tune, these people? Tune in next week. Shoe sizes and the meaning. <laughs> um, no, but well, this is the thing. So you could argue mm. that any sort of stress response where we feel that physical, that visceral response yeah. is, you know, arguably inappropriate. Mm. It's, not, it's not necessary. It's not required. And it's, and it's not the best strategy for getting done what we want to achieve. But we should accept that that's what we do. Yeah. That's what our brains are still programmed to do. They're kind of hardwired to do it. So anything that we can do with our conscious, logical bit of our mind, you know, the bit of us that does continue to develop, we need to implement that. We need, so when you, know, you and I look at each other and say, this is too much, I think we'd be best off coming away from all this entirely. Mm. Um, we should probably listen to that part of us and start to take action based around what we logically feel is the best response rather than what our body's trying to do to us. Yeah, and I think um, I think in a relationship, it helps to have at least one person with their their feet on solid ground. Because if you mm. if you got overwhelmed, the way that I I sometimes get overwhelmed, nothing in our house would get done. <laughs> you make it sound like you're running around in a panic all the time, and I'm what? just there calmly saying, "Hey, hey, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> where's the, the lie? <laughs> Not all the time, but what I do find is there have been a few occasions. So, actually, I have a question for you as a as a mental health professional. Oh, go on. Like yourself. Mm. Um, overwhelm. Mm. Panic attacks. Right. Correlation. Okay, yeah, definitely. What tends to happen, and I'm not saying to people, oh, if you're overwhelmed, look out for those panic attacks, because <laughs> that's not going to help you at all. No. Um, generally, when I talk to people about their first panic attack, mm. um, it's generally a time when they've been doing too much or they've not yeah. been looking after themselves. And I should say, it's not just I had a lot of work on. It can be I had a lot of thinking to do. Yes. And also it can be I had a lot of exciting stuff going on. Or, or you know, so a lot of people... It's like when you're a kid and you get really excited and you throw up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but this is what I mean. So a lot of the time, it, it is a, as a time of, of high uh, stress, I suppose. Yeah, mm. lots of things going on. And then for some reason, we physically neglect ourselves in some way. A lot of people have their first panic attack when they've, I don't know, been out all night or, or been, yeah. and been doing something unusual or they've, they've pulled an all-nighter or, or something where their body is just struggling now you know it's mm. just like you know your, your heart is you know when you, you're really tired but you're, you're buzzing and you've just had a coffee and your heart's racing but you're exhausted and it doesn't make any sense yes and your mind just takes all that confusion and says hang on hit the alarm button something's yeah, yeah, gone wrong yeah. here so it's not unusual for the first panic attack to be during a time of overwhelm mm. yeah but then panic attacks only will only ever persist when our mind then develops an aversion to a panic yeah. attack I mean, as in that's our biggest fear now well, you, you love it when people say that coffee gives them panic attacks, don't you? Well, I don't love it, but I do <laughs> I do tend to just say, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but, it's like, are you sure that's not the caffeine? Well, this is the thing. So without wishing to segue into panic attacks, it's worth mentioning it, though. Um, caffeine increases your heart rate. That's kind of what it's meant to do is wake you up. Yes. Um, 
But if you've had panic attacks in the past or it's a concern of yours, yeah. your your subconscious may well confuse the increased heart rate as the onset of a panic attack. Yes. And then that becomes the thing you panic about yeah. is the possibility of panicking. Do you, yeah. Do you know what? Long before I met you, because um, I've, had, I've, had, I've had a few panic attacks in my time, let's just say that. But um, I remember once I am certain when I go back and I think about it in my brain that I had a panic attack because I was panicking about panicking. That Honestly, that's the most common cause. Yeah, yeah honestly. It's you think, am I going to have a panic attack? And then... See, yeah. So the... I was... Hang on, let me just tell you quickly. Oh, so on, I, was, I was out. So basically, I had... In no way, shape or form, was I agoraphobic, can mm. I just say. But something had happened, and I had spent quite a lot of time indoors... I didn't really go out. I didn't really want to see people. I felt a bit like it was just, it was a thing. And it was years and years and years ago, long before I met you. But um, the first time I went out, um, I was kind of, and this is how I'm worried I'm going to be when like we reintegrate into society. But the first time I was out, I was in, I was in a pub. There was too many people. It was too loud. Mm. And I, I, I kind of got sensory overwhelm and I just tilt went and yeah. I, and I did, I had, a, I, had a, I had a panic attack and had to go home. Then a few weeks later, I was like, you know what? I think I'll be, I think I'll be okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to try this again. Mm. And then I went out and I honestly, for a good 20 minutes was like, am I okay? How am I feeling? Is yeah. everything all right? And then I was like, I don't think I'm okay. Actually, am I okay? And I, and then I started panicking, panicking about panicking. About the possibility of panicking. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's exactly what happens because your mind perceives that anyone that's had a panic attack, it feels like you're dying. <laughs> okay. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Most of our panic, uh, the first panic attacks we have, people confuse it for a heart attack. Yes, or and they a call it like 999. Yeah, exactly. well, so many people end up in, in A&E mm. with their first panic attack. Yeah. yeah. Um, so your mind kind of bookmarks that as life-threatening. Yes. Okay, so then whenever you experience any of the symptoms you perceive as being part of that experience, mm. such as feeling dizzy, lightheaded, tense, heart, heart racing, rate, yeah. things like that, then your mind says, oh, hang on. That might be a panic attack. Yes. And then, of course, it hits the alarm button, the appropriate response for a life-threatening situation, mm. which is panic. Yeah. So it causes the thing you're trying to avoid. And the thing to remember here is that our heart, you know, increases and decreases in rate. We, our breathing fluctuates. We feel a bit tense, a bit lightheaded, a bit dizzy. All of those things happen really on a daily basis. Yeah. It's part of our body regulating what it's doing in terms of processing food and blood pumping and air, all that sort of stuff. So your body will often throw you feelings that don't necessarily suit the situation. Yes. Yeah. So you'll feel out of breath even though you haven't gone anywhere, something like that. <laughs> yeah. But and but then if you've had a panic attack and now it's your biggest fear is another one. Yeah. It can cause a panic attack. And and that's that's the thing to remember about that, I think, is that it's um it's one of those things that again you could call it an evolutionary hangover. Mm. Yeah, we don't need panic these days. Maybe once or twice in our life, if we're unlucky, we yeah. will have to go into a genuine fight or flight panic response. Yeah. yeah. But this in this day and age, it becomes inappropriate. Talk about inappropriate levels of response for the situation. I remember the only time I've seen what I thought was about to be a panic attack from you, it was when you lost your Disney annual pass. Oh, <laughs> When you didn't know what bag you'd put it in. I mean... I mean, tell me if I'm lying. <laughs> I thought you were going to mention the time that I actually panicked. Go on. Uh, with, our, with our wedding. Oh, with the wedding. Oh, right, blimey, yeah. See, I wasn't there for that. So no, I was, I, you didn't I was, see the, yeah. the, uh, the furore. 
Was that the word? The fu- yeah, I've furor, furor, furor. Right? Yes, I know, whatever it was. <laughs> you didn't see that. The hullabaloo. Oh, God, that was a terrible time, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, it was. So, yeah, we... Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> is, it, is it relevant? To, well, it probably is because it's part of our, it's part of my... Shall I tell it from my point of view? Yeah, go on. Yeah, get, tell, give us the backstory. Basically, listeners, uh, it was, Tim and I um, were getting married, obviously, and we had decided to elope. We, well, I say elope, elope is meant to be in secret. We told everyone we were getting married in Barbados, so I'm not sure it counts as eloping. Yeah. But uh, we were getting married on the beach, just the two of us, which is exactly what we wanted, Um and then we were going to have a big party when we got home uh, for our friends and your family. So it was just that was what we were going to do. And the place that we had booked to um, have our reception, if you will, our welcome home reception, yeah. it was all booked. It was all paid for. Like everything was fine. Now, because we were getting married in Barbados, we were leaving just after the beginning of September. We were getting married mid-September. We were coming home and the party was at the end of September. Uh, now, the first few days of, of that September, you had abandoned me and you were running a training in Belgium. I was working. <laughs> <laughs> and I was uh, I was by myself. And I got the mail uh, th- that morning and I opened the mail and it was this letter from the place that we had booked our wedding reception. And it was a very short letter and it basically said, and I'll paraphrase, mm. um, We've gone out of business. <laughs> Hope you find somewhere else. Take care. <laughs> that, yeah, that was bad, yeah. <laughs> and I, oh my God. So I just went into panic because it's that we were leaving in a few days to go to Barbados. Mm. And then when we got back from Barbados, it was a few days and then That's it was the reception. Right, yes. We did not have any time to source somewhere else, find somewhere else. And also, I then started panicking because everyone who was coming had booked their hotel room down the road from the venue. Um, And I was was by myself. I was by myself trying to deal with this. And then I called you. Obviously, you were training, so you couldn't answer the phone. So I think in the end, the first person I spoke to, the person who got the brunt of it, was was my friend Ali. Yeah. Um, And I, I called Ali and I just started crying down the phone because I didn't know what to do and then and then I just, I just went into this massive panic so by the time I'd spoken to you I'd been panicking for at least an hour and a half yeah so you you know what I mean you got the kind yeah, of yeah the... yeah you'd, you'd called all the other venues and all the other you'd, you'd tried to rearrange the different, yeah all that sort of thing you'd, you'd gone through all of the uh, emergency measures to try and solve it straight away um, and I didn't get the message until I came on, onto the first break. I had like a 10-minute yeah. break in between sessions of this training. Yeah, and you were like, I can't do anything right now. I'm going on lunch in an hour. Just try and calm down. <laughs> well, thing, I remember. So uh, uh, the thing about this, right, is that it's one of those classic instances where you're you're having to face something that you've never had to face before. Yeah. And you might have had to face you know situations where something got cancelled or you've got to replace something. But that particular set of circumstances was unique and, it, and we hadn't been through it before. Yes. And I remember you saying, what are we going to do? And I remember thinking, right, I not only have I only got like that two minutes now before <laughs> I've got to go back in and continue to run this training for yeah. this group of people in Belgium, um, but also I can't think about this now. No. Because... I've got, you know, a full day of training to run. And then I felt really bad because I just sort of dropped this on you. But I was like, I don't know what to do. Well, this is the thing. So I, I remember thinking, right, I've got to do something now that allows both you to calm down <laughs> and that allows me to go back into that room and not have to think, not think about that yeah. for the next so many hours and then get on this after I finish the day's training. Yes. Um, and I remember saying to you, um, look, I don't know how we're going to solve this, but I know that everything we've been through together before we have solved 
even the things we didn't know how we were going to solve. And I reckon at some point we're going to be talking about this and telling this story and the story will end with how we managed to solve it. And we'll be talking about it on our podcast. Well, this years is, I, and that was the thing. And that, and, and that thought, funny, as I was saying that thought, it was formulating in my mind as what I've got to do now, as in what yeah. have I got to do for me? And, and it's like, yeah, that's what I've got to do. I've, yeah. got to, I've got to talk to myself and say, I have faith that you and I, we're smart people, we're resourceful, we've got you know, contacts, we've got friends, <laughs> and I feel like we will solve this, even though we have no idea how that's going to happen right now. Yeah. And I remember you saying to me, that's not good enough, Jim, I don't have anything, <laughs> and, and still continuing to panic. It did me I mean, fine, I was great, but it didn't help you much, Absolutely not, absolutely. Um, oh, do you know why? It's because I'm a person that, we've said this before, I'll say to you, oh, I'm going to do something, mm. and then you're like, oh, you've done it. You know, it's yeah, I yeah, think yeah. about something and then, oh, you've booked it. Oh, well, you've this done is it. The and... thing, which comes from your inability to tolerate any period of time at all <laughs> where things aren't exactly as they need to be. <laughs> and I think that is a skill. It is. It's a, it's a quality as well as a curse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But, but this is the thing. So, um, But that's one of those things as well. When we talk about overwhelm, mm. there are times when we can do things, times when we can't. Yeah. And that was one of those classic periods where it was enforced upon us that we couldn't do anything right now. Yeah. So we had to defer action for later. And this is the thing your mind's trying to put you into. It. It's putting you in the panic response. It's putting you into fight or flight saying, change it, change it, change it. Mm. And you can't instantly. No. Now, of course, the uh, final chapter of the story is that when I got back to the hotel at the end of the day, you'd calm down a bit as well. And then we went through the letter together on the phone, didn't we? And yes. there was like this little in, in tiny print on the branding of the letter, yeah. a number to call that, yeah. that connected you straight to the venue. Because the letter was from the people who arranged the events at the venue. Yeah, they, they, they had current ownership. And you said to me, I can't call that number because I am going to scream at the person who answers the phone. <laughs> And I thought I that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's okay. Um, and so I called the number, and that's when we found out it wasn't the venue that was closing down. Mm. It was the people who were arranging the events there that had gone out of business. Yeah, and even the though the first... letter said, "Hope you find somewhere else suitable." Yeah, that was it. It was. Oh no, it was. It was very much a. Yeah, you're screwed. I'm afraid. Yeah. Sort of um. So, and the first thing the lady on the phone said to me was, "Thank God you've called." Yeah. Because she was having this dilemma where the people who arranged the events wouldn't hand over the bookings. No, they said it was data protection. Data protection, yeah. which kind of makes sense, but also sounds like the least helpful response you could ever imagine. Yes. Um, and so she was, so the lady at the venue who was honouring the bookings yeah. was just waiting for people to call when they got these letters coming, yeah. hopefully. But unfortunately, the person who arranged the events didn't, didn't point that out in the letter that you no. can call these people. But then I think that was mainly because they'd fallen out because of all of the shenanigans. But when you called me and you said everything's okay I just remember there was a bit of me I didn't I didn't there wasn't this kind of lifting weight of oh everything's okay it was me going are you sure yeah, yeah, <laughs> you've said that before Tim <laughs> I've heard these sort of words before um no but that but that was it so again it's like it's again it's a very individual story that one but I do tell that story to people yeah. in terms of that moment where you don't know how it's going to get solved and the only thing you have to tap into is your knowledge that every other story in your life, every episode of your life so far, mm. there's been a conclusion to the story. Yes. How, it, how it all ended up in some way okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and even the things that we would regard as disasters in our life, the yeah. fact we can sit here and talk about them means in some way yeah. we've got the other side of it. Well, it's the thing, isn't it? Whatever happens, well, you got a good story out of it. It's yeah, like, exactly. like that girl with the ice cream yesterday. That's a bizarre comparison to Southern Shore, <laughs> but it's actually quite appropriate. <laughs> we were walking down the street and then we saw, a, we saw a woman holding an ice cream. And the next thing we know is we heard her scream, didn't we? Yeah. And then the next thing I saw was a seagull flying overhead with a full cornetto a full in cor- his mouth. En- enjoying a cornetto <laughs> as he flew along. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just brilliant. I don't think I've ever seen a seagull just and, with a full cornetto. Um, and that's what we said, wasn't it? It's like, well, you've lost an ice cream. You've got a cracking story to tell. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, we must admit, you know, we're 40 minutes into oh, this apologies. podcast and I'm only about a quarter of down my list. So we're going we're gonna, to... Um, we're going to move on. Um, so what I wanted to talk about were the drivers of stress then. What puts us yes. into the stress response in these modern times? Then, yeah. Okay. And then we'll talk about maybe a bit of advice about what we can You've do. You've got 20 minutes to do it, Box. So. That's it. So buckle up, everyone. <laughs> right. The top one, perhaps unsurprisingly, was health. Yes. Health of themselves and their loved ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the main concern, stress wise, health of their, of their loved ones. So I think a lot of people, a lot of us were worried about our elderly relatives because yeah. they're more vulnerable, you know, and obviously as well because we can't just visit them no a lot of the time we'll put our mind at rest about the people who we care about by, by visiting them and seeing them and checking their okay. okay yeah and we couldn't easily do that this year no no mm. and a lot of people were struggling with um zoom and facetime and a lot of <laughs> older people like myself were struggling with zoom and facetime um i remember one particular call we did with my parents that was just oh I we mean, spent 25 minutes telling them they were on mute yeah was, i mean you it think it was proper cliche it was it was it was talk about but you as know, we say on this podcast it's a cliche because it's, it's true, true. <laughs> that's it I'm going to get that on a t-shirt that'll be part of our podcast merch oh merch merch oh wait till we get <laughs> oh the, the multiple merch I can imagine um the second one on the list that, that started here and these aren't in particular order like the the most to the, you know top to bottom but these no. are the ones that, that stuck out in the in the survey that I was reading about uh debt People. Yeah, oh, because people were struggling with work, people were exactly. working less. And that's what resonates with me, because the possibility of going into debt has always been one of those, like I said before, a pain point with me. Managing yeah. money is one of those big things for me. You know? Spending so, money is, is one of those for me. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't concern myself with it so much now, because obviously when you do what I do, you, you do get the opportunity to do a little bit of work on yourself and your own responses. Yeah. And again, I think, you know, what I think about now is... is I'm, I'm a moder- moderately intelligent human being. I feel like uh, in some way, any challenges I have debt-wise or money-wise, I feel like we'll overcome them. You know? mm. And that's what I try and tell myself when I feel, you know, the little the little pinch in the chest when you're thinking, yes. have, I got, have we got enough for that? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, your birthday's coming up, so there's always that little, slight little bit Every of... Every uh, six months you've got this concern. My birthday is the middle of June and Christmas is obviously the middle of December. Right. Every is, six uh, months is like a ticking clock. Like a sword of Damocles I, over I your head. Like, I feel like I never stopped shopping for you in terms of <laughs> gifts for your for birthday. Christmas. And this is why we're married. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Here's here's some ones that I know are going to resonate with you because we Go did on. a whole episode on social media. Right. Um, these these are internet related things. The next few. Most of these are related to modern living on the internet. Okay? Right. Third one. The, the pressure to respond to messages as soon as they come in. Oh, yeah. I mean, we know that one, don't we? When yeah. you run a business, when you run your own business, that's incredible. I mean, you said this to me the other day. Why are you checking your emails first thing in the morning as you, as you get mm. out of bed? You know, literally, I, I've, I had forgotten 
not to, you know, I shouldn't be checking my emails until no. I start my work day. No, you should honestly, I believe, spend the, the first hour of your day mm. not looking at a screen. I don't care yeah. what screen it is. Like you don't, you don't need to spend the first hour of your day doing yeah. that. You and by the way, if you, if you find yourself waking <clears> up and grabbing your phone and checking all that, don't think you're unusual there. That's that's probably the norm mm. these days, particularly for the younger generation. He's <laughs> he like an old, old man. man. <laughs> Here we are from the care home, just talking about the younger generation. Oh, which are their phones, aren't they? Um, yeah, but just uh, and also Instagram stuff here. Another stressor, comparing themselves to others. Oh, yeah. I, and in terms of success yeah, in that one. Yeah. I'm massively guilty of this. Like, I can remember at the start of this, like, the lockdown and stuff like that. Mm. And I was looking on Instagram and I was like, why isn't everyone else having a hard time? <laughs> Why is it just me crying into my ice cream? Why yeah. is it, you know, but it obviously isn't, as we've said before, and we said this on our social media one, but we only see just a mere snippet of people's lives and it's yeah. just what they want to show us. Mm. But I do remember a time thinking, is everyone handling this and I'm having mm. a, a crisis? Exactly. You know? I mean, and look at it, but you never know what's like on the on the other side of the screen. Do you? Look no. at that, that girl yesterday. She couldn't even cry into her ice cream because that seagull had it, not it? Um, but this um, is the, yeah, compared to the stress we put on ourselves to try and achieve what we feel others are achieving or yes. be the same as them. Yeah. That pressure inevitably puts us in the threat response because we look at ourselves and if we don't perceive the ability to do that instantly, then it's a threat response. Yes. Yeah? Um, okay. Next one related body image. Yeah. And this is again, you know, Instagram versus yeah. reality stuff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, interestingly, 36% of women mm. had that concern. Mm. 23% of men also had that concern. Interesting. Which I, I think is maybe, for me, a surprisingly high number, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. Because here's the thing. It's, this is, I mean, we could do a whole episode on this. But all mm. this kind of stuff is, is it seems to be targeted towards women. And, yeah. oh, I had a message in my spam inbox the other day. And it was something like... Um, um, hey babe, uh, do you fancy losing your lockdown pounds? And I'm like, <laughs> hey babe, do you fancy a punch in the face? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, do, I do think that's, you know, there's a, there's a particular place in hell reserved for the people that will prey on, on people they can see are struggling. Also, like, if you didn't if you put on at least a little bit of weight in lockdown, I don't think you were doing it properly. But. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, yeah, yeah. I can relate to that myself, definitely. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that sort of stuff. And, and where we are connected with everyone constantly yeah. now, it's very easy for people that are marketers, yes. you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to slag off marketers because they've got a job to do as well. We all have to have marketing in our business results. But when you see somebody, okay, they're in a position where they definitely have this pain point. Let me target an email to them and, or, yeah. or a message on, on their socials. It's, it's one thing for an algorithm to pick you out and it just randomly selects you. It's another thing for people to look through their social media, see people yeah. talking about this and say, right, let me go in there because I can sell to them. Mm. Because it feels, I don't know, it feels a little bit like an abuse of the connection. Yes. That. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but, I agree yeah. with that. Anyway, I'm, I won't go on to that one. I won't do too deep a dive into that. Um, oh, here's something. Housing worries was a, was a oh, major point of stress. And I wonder if that was where people were having to close down their businesses and thinking about how they're going to pay the mortgage. Well, also people who are maybe furloughed who wouldn't be able to, to pay their rent. You know, it was only it was only a little bit into the pandemic that they said about um, that you couldn't if you were renting a property that yeah. you had a protection the eviction protection. It, yeah, yeah that's, that's true, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and amongst young people, this one, this last one, the pressure to succeed. Ah, yeah, and, and I think that's that's huge. I've got to be honest because I mean, I don't I don't um, see children in my practice. Yeah, but 
I know the people, I know I get a lot of inquiries from people talking about exam pressures for yes. youngsters. And well, also, they didn't pressures. know what their exams were going to do, did they? They just, because no. like, my final essay from my university year just got completely mm. cancelled. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can agree with that. By the way, I think if, you know, I, I do get a lot of parents ask me, oh, can you help my child because they're having anxiety about their exams and their studies? Yeah. And my, my response is normally, well, yeah. Because they regard it as important. It's yeah. perfectly natural to feel anxious about the important stuff in your life. Best thing a parent can do is say, look, do your best and your best is going to be good enough. Exactly. No matter what you do. I think if we lift the pressure off of people to achieve results yes. and we put the onus more on their effort, their input, yeah, manage your input to something because you can manage that. You can't manage what comes out of that, the results, because that depends on yeah. other people and other, other things going on that are outside of your control. As long know? as you do your best. You know, I know exactly. you said about you, about you, you having tips. Have you, have you got Mark Rylance written on there? Oh, no, I haven't, actually. Yeah, you That's genuinely that. my favourite thing. So Mark Rylance, fantastic actor. Uh, he was in a film... Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies, thank yeah. you, because I did not remember the title of it at all. Um, <laughs> and in it... Uh, spoiler alert! But he he plays a spy, doesn't he? He, he plays, plays like a Russian spy. Russian spy, and um, and he gets found out, and he gets uh, he gets caught, and he gets arrested by Tom Hanks, and um, and Tom this Hanks is like pitch meeting. Yeah, no. I like it. I'm going to give. And Tom Hanks basically says to him, "You don't you don't look worried," and he <laughs> says, "Would it help?" And honestly, he says it like twice in the film, like. Yeah. Are you concerned? You don't seem concerned. Would it help? And I, we say that to each other now, yeah, don't yeah. we? And it's, it's really it's so true. It's yeah. like it's like oh, would would stress help me right now? Yeah. No. Would, would worrying help me? Yeah. I, I tend to think like when you know when we say oh everyone worries. Yeah. I do. Everyone does, but nobody should when you think about it because worrying is that particular type of concern for something that you can't actually do anything about. Yes. And and that's when that's when it becomes worrying. If I'm at work concerned about something and taking action that's not worrying that's doing that's my anxiety moving my attention to the place where it needs to be getting it done yes worrying is i'm thinking about this thing that i cannot influence wondering <laughs> what will happen about it worrying is such a redundant emotion it really is yeah unfortunately and it's, it's unfortunate we all feel it at times, yeah i know well, oh, this, yeah. and don't get me wrong this is coming from a worrier <laughs> <laughs> but it is it sometimes it's just worth reminding ourselves that the bit of us that is concerned or worrying, if you like. Mm. It's like, you know, that, that member of your crew that isn't actually sailing the ship. Yeah. They're just running around the deck of the ship saying, what if this happens? What about that? What but why that? is the rum gone? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's looking over the side of the ship at the waves. What if that wave hits us? Yeah, <laughs> that sort of thing. And it doesn't it doesn't get the ship anymore. No. You know? um, okay, so we, we've not done too bad. We're, I want to get to some, like, advice, things oh. that we can think about. <laughs> Sorry, a car just beeped its horn and it scared me. <laughs> which, which you might have picked up on. You might, might hear or you might not. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. If, if you didn't hear the horn, you'll just hear it going, ooh. <laughs> I get startled by loud noises. You do. I'm like Rick, a cat. Rick gets startled so easily. Like any any slight noise. Like, <laughs> or, oh, girl, you closing a cupboard once. Oh, my God, yeah. You nearly, you nearly jumped onto, onto the, the ceiling, ceiling like yeah. a like a cat with your claws in the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a nervous disposition. There was, I mean, one time we were in the supermarket and a shelf fell down in, in the little the, the area Fridge. of the freezer we were looking at. A shelf sort of just it just fell a little bit and just fell. Up. You leapt back to the other side of the aisle, and I and I like literally had barely noticed. I'm Captain Oblivious. Like, What's going on? Um, anyway, so advice, some some ideas. Yeah, um, the thing that I want people to remember about stress. 
it's not something that's out of your control. It's not something that's external to us. It's something we do. Yes. It's, it's a response. So I always encourage, because I see a lot of people about work stress, mm. because that's, that's sort of some of the things that I do. Um, think of it like a whirlwind, the stress, that all the stuff, all the things that you've got to do or you could do. But don't think of yourself as in the whirlwind. Think of yourself in the centre of it, like the eye of it, where it's calm. And it's whirling around you. Like yeah? that film. What film? Tornado. Twister. Twister. Yeah. <laughs> it's my job apparently to remember the titles. Of the <laughs> um, yeah, so, and your job isn't to just, you can step into the whirlwind if you want and get carried away by it. Mm. But your job probably is to look at what's flying around you and just go, oh, okay, that's mine. Let me do that. Or that isn't mine. Let me just leave that whirling around, you know. Especially in a work environment, there's a lot of other people's stress flying yes. around you as well. Yeah. And I think it's important to be able to decide, what do I want to grab and take as mine? And what do I want to leave there? Yeah. Stress isn't something that hits us. It's something that flies past us and we either grab it as ours or we leave it. Oh, that's nice. You like that? I like that one, yeah. Uh, have you not heard me say no. that? Well, that, that magical moment where I say something. <laughs> that I've that not, heard not heard before. Amazing. That doesn't happen very often. We've called it on, on tape, wow. we've recorded it Ooh. on tape. You sound like you know what you're talking uh, well, about. Vaguely, yeah. <laughs> now and again I do. Um, what was the what was another thing we had here? Um, oh, oh, I want to. <laughs> I'd like to point out that normally Tim's got his notes written down on a bit of paper in front of him, and he can follow them quite easily. But where we've come away, and he hasn't brought a notebook, he's looking at things on his computer. And yeah. Tim and technology are not. I know. I feel like I've got that squinty eye thing going. What's that saying there? Why is that? <laughs> why why is that got window his just on for whatever up? reason? Yeah. Um, Have you got I, a little paper clip in the corner asking how we can help you? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Always <laughs> oh, smiling at me. No, um, Right, overwhelm. So yes. we talked about overwhelm. There is, when I see people for overwhelm, there's always one thing in particular they are doing. Yeah. That I, that, well, there's two things really, but the main one is that they're concerning themselves with stuff that isn't theirs. Right. That they can't influence. So the reason we felt overwhelmed a lot this year, because mm. we were concerned about the pandemic. <clears throat> and if you, if you think about you have a capacity, a certain amount of things you can think about, um, if a lot of your processing power is taken up thinking about a pandemic that you cannot do anything about, yes. then you're going to leave yourself a little bit shorthanded on the things that you are dealing with yourself in yeah. your life. Yeah. So that's that's a, a top tip there for overwhelm. And also along those lines, um, people try and do everything at once. Yeah. They're looking at their day ahead <laughs> and looking at the whole of the things they've got to do rather than the one next thing they've got to do. That's me, that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this is, this is what why we ended up taking some days away, wasn't it? Because we were both looking at our day. Yeah. And I remember us sitting in the kitchen having a conversation like, ugh. <laughs> and, and it was just because we were looking at the whole day thinking, I don't think I can get all that done in a day. Right. Also, um, I will jump in here because I do think this is this class is as advice as well as an anecdote. Oh, cool. Never in my life, ever, mm. have I not got done what I needed to get done. At some point. At some point. At some point, yeah. It's always got done. Yeah. Any time I've ever felt myself stressed and felt myself sort of looking at what it is and seeing all this, like, multitude of things, oh, I'll never get this done, I'll never get this finished. Mm. Spoiler alert, mm-hmm. I have always got it done. I have always got it finished. That's it, it's worth, if it's worth doing, exactly. then you will uh, allocate the time to do it. And the other thing, as a, as a little flip side of that, though, mm. I think we struggle because we think, I want to get that done today. Yeah. Or I've, got a, I've given myself a deadline. Or there is a deadline on that. And, and we think, I don't know if I can get that done today. We don't generally complete our to-do list. 
you know, in the day yeah. because, it, because it gets added to as we go through the day. Other things come in. And if we look at it trying to, you know, I remember waking up the other day feeling anxious about all the things I had to do. Yes. And I had to remind myself it's okay if some of these things are finished tomorrow yeah. or the day after, yeah. you know, and, and I, I think if we can accept that I'm never going to clear that to-do list because it continues to grow as I try and clear it, then we can stop trying to clear it. It exactly. becomes a lot less intimidating. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think we put pressure on ourselves mm. about can I, will I, is it going to end right? Yeah. Rather than, well, let's just start doing the first one thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's just do, let's just start. I, honestly, if you can look at your day and say, for all the tasks that I'm, I would ideally be doing today, I only have one thing to do right now. The most important, most, most immediate thing. Yeah. Then when you've done that, I have one thing to do now, yeah. which is the next most important, most immediate thing. Just do the next right thing. Oh, God. <laughs> Anytime I say anything that is, is <laughs> vaguely close to a Disney quote, it's like, how comes the Disney wisdom? I don't know what, I'm wearing a Cinderella t-shirt, I've just realised. You are, actually. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, so, yeah, that, that, was, that would be my advice in terms of don't try and do everything at once because we don't multitask. I know you're probably sitting there as a woman, Brit, saying, well, <laughs> as women multitask, actually. Yeah, yeah. But, we, yeah. but we don't. Do no, we? we don't. We we don't multitask effectively. No, you know, because one thing will always take our attention above. This others. is a, when we think we're multitasking, we're really just diverting our conscious, our, our you know, focus on one thing, attention that we have to different things very quickly or rapidly. I can multitask, but it'll be doing one thing all right and a mm. few other things not so good. But this is it because I, I think. I think women are much better at doing what we refer to as multitasking, which is shifting their attention from one thing to another or yes. doing a little bit of that whilst I'm doing that, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I do think you're better than men at that for some reason. I think it's a brain well, thing. Well, it's because we're always, always subconsciously trying to dismantle the patriarchy. So brilliant. there's so always that's, that's that always going, going on in the background. In the background. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. And then everything else is just an extra. Oh, you might have given away the secret there. <laughs> um, I'll get on my men's WhatsApp group and just let them know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, this is the thing. So, so think, even a juggler, only holds one ball at a time. Okay. Yeah. Tim can juggle, by the way. If you didn't know, Tim can juggle. Why else would I bring up the subject of juggling? <laughs> Why did you learn juggling, bro? Um, why did I learn juggling? To, to show up, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah I think it was to be... To get women. To get women. <laughs> like, I mean, surely there's a better allocation of my time than learning well, to juggle. This is what I thought, women. but yet here we are. <laughs> I mean, I learned magic, didn't I? A bit of magic. A bit of magic. Bit of magic. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, let's just... But yeah, point being, you do one thing at a time. Yeah, you know, that's, that's why computers slow down, because they're trying to do multiple things at once. Too many browsers open. Exactly. Too many tabs on your browser, not browsers. Too many apps, too many programs. Yeah, trying to do it all at once. That's why your computer runs slow. Exactly. I mean, I, I this when I was um, back in the day when I had that horrendous computer that looked something like one of those demo things you get in the IKEA displays. <laughs> it looks exactly like that. Um, and it was it took like an hour to boot up it. You know? <laughs> Perhaps it wasn't an hour, but it felt like it. Yeah. And when I rung the the guy at the shop and said, "How do I get this booting up faster?" He said, "Look, your computer's trying to open all of your programs. It doesn't know which one you want to use, mm. so it's going between all of them, opening one line of code at a time for each one, roughly speaking." I, I realise it. If you're an IT person, I probably just misrepresent what <laughs> happens there. But that's the point he was saying that. If you tell your computer what you want to open up, it will just open that one program fairly quickly. Yeah, and and get it all get it all up. Anyway, um, so yeah, one thing at a time is what we do best. Yes, do the one thing at a time. Absolutely. Yeah? So we're going to end, end, and I'm aware that we've it's another normal. <laughs> um, but we're going to do um, 
just some top tips that I was thinking that relate to what we've spoken about. Just dart through them one at a time. Dart through yeah? them. Dart through them. Um, don't have your choose to open your emails deliberately. Yes. yes. A lot of cause of stress is trying to get back to people. Oh, they need to know this now. They need to know this now. No, they don't because they don't know you've seen your email. And if you're looking at your email outside of your work hours or you know the time when you want to address it, yeah, then you're you're doing the wrong thing. There. Nothing anyone sends to you uh, in that capacity is life or death. Nothing yeah. that can't be answered. The fo- like you know, I take three to five business days to get back to someone. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, not. Exactly. It doesn't. You don't owe anyone your immediate attention. Yeah, exactly. Um, in answer to the constantly comparing ourselves to others, be it body image, be it success-wise, limit your socials again. Yeah. And, and unfollow people that you feel are just demonstrating like a, a greater degree of success than you feel you could achieve and it's just making you feel bad about you and stuff That's like that. That's my big one. If, if, any, mm. if anything makes me feel bad about myself, it gets it gets unfollowed or hidden. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and then I create a nice little positive echo chamber that is a nice experience for me. Yeah, you're not you're not on your social media to find out how bad the world is. No. Or how bad you can feel about you. Or how you, rubbish you are. Yeah, use social media. Don't let it use you. Oh, another good one. You're full of the wisdom today, I'm aren't you? <laughs> Um, well, I'm looking forward to the mini golf later. He's <laughs> fussed about it. Um, right, this is a big one. We've talked about spatial anchoring before. Change your environment. Yes. Change. It's like we're looking out over the sea on a sunny day. Yeah. Uh, looking at seagulls stealing ice creams, all that sort of thing, <laughs> rather than the normal view that we have, which is a nice view. Mm. But we've changed our environment, so we're having different thoughts as a, as a result of that. Even yeah. going out and going for a walk. So I, I've been doing a lot more writing lately, yeah. and I saw a really good tip that was it was something like the best thing a writer can do, which I actually believe is the best thing anything, anyone can do, is change your scenery, go out for a walk, because yeah. you will, you know, just looking at different things is going to inspire you and it's Absolutely. going to calm you down as yeah. well you know because you're going to feel a bit more in see things more in perspective yeah it, it lifts you out of the situation you know that thing where you get too close to a problem and then you only see that very one little aspect of it yes back off it come away from it and you'll see the whole the whole image again and the whole picture absolutely yeah um what i'm going to skip to this one at the end here because i think this is the important one always remember we don't feel overwhelmed by what we've got coming up we feel overwhelmed at our ability to cope with what we've got coming up. Yeah. So one thing I always we always say this: just remind yourself how good you are. Aww. Remind yourself how well you're doing. Remind yourself all the things you've overcome during your journey through life, and just you know maybe have that faith in yourself that I might not know how I'm going to do this right now, but I bet I find out a way because that's what we do. Aww. That's lovely. Just remember, you are awesome. You are awesome. You are awesome. You are awesome. Should we end it there? We believe in you. Yes. Yeah, I feel that's a good place to end. Yes. Yeah, so. And just remember, if you're getting yourself stressed, if you feel yourself being worked up and overwhelmed, just think, would it help? Nice. <laughs> and remember, people, keep thinking outside the box. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.